0: Show. Welcome to the MX Vice Show, episode one hundred and thirteen. A special one this week. We are brought here by parts Europe. AS3 and even strokes will support us. And as you can see on screen, you have Bass Vassen. Uh he's even put Bass98 as well, representing. Um Definitely. And uh also alongside me is uh MX Vice uh, editor Ed Stratman, all the way from Australia.
1: Yeah, cheers for having me on again, mate. <laughs> Welcome, Bass. It's
0: good day. To- I I think you might have cut out there, Baz, but I'm not sure. But um, Ed, I've got a little, uh, I've got a little thing for you because obviously being Australian, um, and now I've got my soundboard working. I I wanted to play this for you. (laughs) This.
1: uh... Uh... (laughs) Yeah.
0: See, I love it because it's, it's like the Men from Down Under, which is just, you know, just yeah. iconic tune, and then someone playing it with a really bad flute. So I've done a lot yeah. of research into that. So um, that is now your theme tune.
1: Yeah, thanks. It's, you could have, is, is the original uh, maybe copyright infringement? So we've got the Strangled Cat version going yeah, on. Yeah, the, the original's we've got the big version.
0: Bob, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Baz, um, Obviously, it's been a while since I've seen you. I think the last time we chatted was um, way back when in the British Championship. And uh, you were coming on board with Armour Energy um, at the time. So that was a bit mm. of a throwback. Yeah. So, um, But uh, you seem to have been pretty busy the last couple of weeks. I've seen mm. that you were, uh, was it the KNMV um, uh, Awards?
2: Yeah, it was the yeah. K- KNMV Motorsport Gala. Yeah, I was invited by Patrice from. You know, uh, leaving at different um, sports. Uh, and I was invited there and I got uh And then they had a little piece for me about my crash, about my injury, and about my recovery. And it would be nice to see. It was really cool.
0: Now, very cool. So, um, did you manage to catch up with some old friends?
2: I was at the table with, uh, and it was just really cool to chat, with, talk, talk to them and see how, like, basically see what, I hope it went
0: well. Ah, that's cool. I think you might cut out a little bit then. Did uh, did you catch that?
1: Yes, a little, little bit of it, but not, yeah, it did have a little bit of a breakdown there, but, um. Yeah, it's uh it's it's all right, and you, it sounds like you're getting into some uh, motocross training. You get you got your license there, so that'll be that's exciting for the future, mate. Yeah, I basically got my. There uh, was
2: like I've been training a little, a little bit there. He's become like eighty-five cc junior world champion. Yeah, I've been with him a couple of times with him, Ivan. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Maybe. Uh,
0: what's his name Bas
2: the junior world champion
0: very cool very cool Um, so how long have you been working with him
2: Uh, uh, like on and off basically I've I've been been training with him like a couple uh, yeah he's my neighbor actually I've been riding with him like since since he was like sometimes and doing covid um, and we were riding in the trials quite quite also yeah, I, i've known him for a while, like pretty much
0: uh that's cool so um so talk us through kind of um obviously 2021 was it i think i'm pretty sure it's 2021 um start of the season, I think we were in the UK uh Cullum. Yeah. And you came into the year, you were uh feeling good, feeling fast, and you're on the uh the Hitachi team. And then uh the day didn't end it, uh end the way that you kind of wanted it to, obviously.
2: You no, know, it's it's that you can have as a writer. it's, amazing uh um, winter, the dead team to get over Conrad really fast. We were really pushing each other. All went in the qualifying practice in, in seconds fast. Like we were seconds faster than everyone else. We just like on point, point and then had a bad start. I worked my way up towards one to pass uh, uh, second. When I landed, something happened. I'm not sure what so quick that I got thrown off the back jump, like basically, like an Olympic dive and got flung over the jump, and then it's gone from my neck down. Basically, I hope you could hear
0: that. Must have been. You know, well, you can't even think about it. It must have been one of the most frightening things for you. Um, you know, at a time to sort of go through. Mm. I, I mean, I, you know, I don't know how. If, if you know, I've, I, I ride very badly, um, and it's always uh, <laughs> it's always um, a chance you take, even for any type of level rider. In you know, I've been at local practice tracks and I've seen. Um, some severe accidents, unfortunately, where people have, uh, you know, become paralyzed, suffer from paralysis. And, um, yeah, I, I, it always, it's a little thing which always goes through my mind with, um, you know, I was kind of just, you know, walking around the warehouse today and it's just little things what, um, you know, wh- what you take for granted, I guess little things like that has is, is, is made an impact on your life now, Baz.
2: In the beginning, I could move enough in my shoulders, then slowly my left, then my left arm. I could just one leg, then my right leg. I started to work work a little bit, then my right a little bit. And it just, yeah, in in the the hospital, just get uh, them, the physiotherapist over there, because they are used to people that come in that have like an office job definitely I got like, like an hour maybe two hours. and i was just telling them no just as much as you can i don't care so pretty much seven in the morning, morning till like three four o'clock in the afternoon therapy non-stop so that has helped a lot as well but it's basically and it's moving again pretty solidly right hand and Is still, yeah. Which is the most frustrating part, like the little things, the shoes, or zipping up a jacket, even like, like with airports, just open. The little things, they are the training, basically, for me. Like, I, I uh, one, of my, one of my best friends, he's got legs like, at all. But he can use their own little issues, basically.
0: So, the period of um, obviously it, Cullum, um to the point um, where you are able to start start moving your arm again and, and everything else. How, how long did that take?
2: A few weeks. I think I'm um, the like the how it is from. The crash. I remember everything from the crash, but it did perfectly job because I didn't even have a headache. But I was clear-minded, no. One got into the hospital from the moment it's so full of shits. Basically, feeding fentanyl, whatever they be easy. The first week, first one of them, anything. Just gone from my and then the month after is basically like I don't know what happened in which week because medication. So basically, the whole time in England, I spent one month in Oxford, and it's just a blur. But basically, who who uh Nijmegen in Holland, it's just a blur. And from more clear, basically, into nine weeks, and I could move my legs like I like just said a bit. I could flop my arm around. I, need, I needed help with everything, but someone let the feet, all that stuff. But it was like uh, six months or something, like something six or seven months, something lined up, 30 or later, it's just a little bit, a bit of a blur.
0: But kind of knowing you a little bit, um, your strength of mind is what I guess has got you to where you are now because you're not the type mm. of person to kind of give up or take second best or anything else. You are a born winner who, um, mm. you know, is, is taking on this fight and and doing very, very well
2: just basically what i had in my mind uh try to stay as positive as you can You, can be like a dick to everyone else you can whatever but it's not gonna help yourself like everyone wants to help you your your family the nurses the, the physiotherapist everyone wants to help you so i also also try my best with that my nurses and the, the, the wanted to help me, and like one thing I remember is like when the every the doctors would come in and check up on you. So like those that would come in, check like how are you improved and I would every every time when they come every day this blah blah, and they would every time they would be just asking us how it's going it's what i was trying, trying to do always motivate the people around me and just, just they motivate you as well and yeah it's, it's just it's it helps
1: nice uh- sounds like that approach is um your your positive mindset and that up sort of uplifting approach has sort of been Really key towards your recovery, you must be pretty proud of how far you've come. and Are you making progress sort of every day, every week? Mm. Yeah, obviously, after
2: nearly two years, you're so it's still happening, but it's like it's fair to in the beginning because in the beginning, like, oh, I can do this, um, uh, I'm I've improved it, and now it's just like, oh, this goes a little bit easier, oh, uh, this goes a little bit. So it's not really um, noticed anymore. But if I see someone now and three weeks or in a month, then they'll say, like, oh, you've improved. A it's a little bit different now, but i still improving. And I'll probably keep on improving for slowly, tiny bits.
1: But keep working, basically. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, look, it's looking good, mate. The future's going to be good for you, no doubt. And with your training, mm. this young fellow it looks like he's going to be destined for great things. And you're still obviously pretty involved in the sport. You've obviously got a lot of friends mm. still in the industry. So you keep in touch with a lot of people, good friends, and that. Yeah.
2: Also, my physio Nielse, from Nelson, he was like, four-maxing as well. So, so the m- but, well, like, when I was a little bit my dad I told my parents, like, I'm going to check, he, he's going to be the man. But my physiotherapist, I don't care how we do it. And uh, even when I want to twice a week, see how the physiotherapist do it, if he, he could learn one or two things a day. Um, I had a. So then they put, put like all kinds of, uh, uh, um, magnets or whatever, on you. you then and then, uh, they, they will, uh, um, muscles are working, and but he like to see what, uh, see what we can, improve also. Uh, but and I we've been working. It's been, yeah, it's been a hell of a ride.
0: No, it's, um, it's, it's it's great to see you and it, it's an inspiring story um, listening to kind of how far you've come I mean I'm I'm gobsmacked by your progress I, I've not seen you for a while in in the fact that you're you know gone to the award ceremony you know your movement in your arms and your hands it's it's, it's amazing to see buddy so um, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's kind of sat here watching this thinking uh, you know, fair play that's that's some grit and determination that not all of us are blessed with.
2: Yeah. Like basically every time I see like my like every couple of months I've got to check. And every time the doctor say again, like geez, we can't we cannot you were till the moment you're here. And then, I wouldn't say they they would have ridden me off, but they said it's not gonna be so and yeah, to see me where I am now, it's like uh, you can't really understand. But yeah, just training,
0: just training. nice. Training. That's awesome. Um, before we delve into your uh, former team, because obviously that's the big breaking news today. Um, I just want to obviously introduce our sponsors. So um, this year we've had some new sponsors come on board. Um, we lost a few last year, unfortunately, um, but, you know, they're missing out. This is a great show. We have great people on like Baz and uh, obviously um, Ed the Australian. So what more do you want? It's <laughs> still there. It's, I mean, still, it's going. still going. It's still going. But I'd like to thank Parts Europe Um AS3 and Even Those those are the guys that have come on uh, come on this year you'll also see if you've been tuning into the SMX show and also uh, the Great British Motocross show that golf uh, fuels have been um, have been on board as well and also Moto 101 which is a practice track in the UK so um yeah great to have those guys on board on the other shows but huge thanks to Parts and AS3. Parts Europe is a wholesale distributor of spare parts and accessories, as well as gear and apparel for motorcycles, quads, ATV, personal watercraft, and snowmobiles. We deliver to all of Europe, the Middle East, and South Africa. In addition to our renowned house brands, Thor, Icon, Moose, and Drag Specialities, our very own label for Harley-Davidson aftermarket hard parts and accessories, we offer an extensive and continuously increasing product portfolio that includes several other well-established brands. So I'm sure everybody uh, is quite familiar with uh, Thor, which um, obviously uh, uh, Cooper Webb, um, Stiles Robertson, and uh, Levi Kitchen are um, in Thor. Look at me. Um, so uh, big thanks to those guys. And there's uh, there's going to be a lot more sort of brands coming out from parts which are going to be supporting us this, this year. So it's great to have them on board. Um, and a huge thanks to AS3 Performance, um, an aftermarket parts company in the UK uh, who just continue to grow. Um, they do some really cool bling parts for your bikes, and we'll be bringing them up in the, in the next part of the show. So, oh. <laughs> Um, Abaz, do you want to tell us what your cat's name is? <laughs>
2: the,
0: the cat's called pussy.
2: Yeah. It, 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 in Dutch it sounds basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, yeah, I guess if it was me sort of, sort of going outside and in, in, in calling for pussy, um, I <laughs> would probably get, um, a very strange look. Yeah. Actually, I think I might have a, a, a tune for that one. Hold on. What's this one? What? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. See? <laughs> I, love these, I love these buttons. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm so unprofessional. Um, so, um, obviously, the the Hitachi team, breaking news today, which came out. Um, there was a little bit of an inclination that this might happen. Uh, going back to the end part, I think, of last year when Milwaukee announced a st- strategic partnership with um, the Rebel KTM team. So Milwaukee, one of the big partners of um, Hitachi KTM team, fueled by Milwaukee at the time. Um, I'm guessing, uh, not, sh- haven't got the facts of, of that about whether they were staying on or, or, or going, but I'm guessing the um, uh, obviously more structure and more funds into um, uh, the Red Bull KTM team Possibly left um, Hitachi team looking for some extra money. And one of the hardest things out there, especially in the UK at the moment, is things are tough. So we're kind of going through a recession, which nobody wants to admit. But, um, you know, business is tough at the moment. And uh, I guess with coming into the season, they've got to be fully prepared that they're going to have the budgets to, to, to be able to get to every MXGP. And I think they've done the right thing. You know, they've called it at the right time. Um, obviously, it's never going to be the right time for the riders because they're already set up for the year thinking that they're going ahead. But I guess it must be uh, one of the toughest decisions for Roger McGee and the team um, to have to be able to do because you know those those guys have been in the sport for a long, long time, and when you look at the the level of riders that they've had on the team, uh, the level of sponsorship they've had on the team, um, you know, it, the, you know, it's it's going to be a massive blow, especially to the British pa- um, paddock, but also to the MXGP paddock because. You know, you've got Case Carsmakers and, and obviously Isaac Gifton, two very talented riders uh, who would have done very well this year, who are now looking for um, a new seat. Um, Baz, you obviously rode with the team um, for two seasons.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, yeah, off me. No,
0: wait, 2019, 2020, half-season. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, so... Obviously, uh, you got to meet sort of Roger Bryan uh, and Brian Connolly BC. Um, you had Conrad as your, your teammate. They're good guys, hey, in the team.
2: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's good. Like, um, he put his heart and soul into the team, and was like uh, from the from the first moment on, he said, "We trust you." along the team, um, I could do my, say like, like, "Hey, I want to go to Spain." With limitations restrictions um to do we could do um i was my input into the team and into the structure so so yeah, yeah i've had a lot of um it hasn't always been easy because yeah you're still probably to like uh, puzzle around with the budget on where you're gonna go but it was first basically and yeah that, that was just Was a really good experience. We've we've had ups and downs. We've had like, like we've had issues, but every team has issues. Every team has got like, hey, we need to improve here, or we need to go here. Or in the end, most of, like pretty much all of the time, have a mature talk about it. You can just yeah, yeah talk, talk your way through it, basically.
0: No, that's good. Like you say, every team has. You know, every type team has issues. Um, there's no perfect team out there as much as people would like to, um, uh, to put out on their social media behind the scenes. Um, you know, it's, it's it's tough being a team. You're constantly managing budgets. You've got sponsors you're trying to please. You've got riders who, who kind of want different different things. You know, I take my hat off to any team owner and team manager because um, it, it is kind of the world's biggest thankless task. <laughs> awesome. because, um yes. they're just throwing money at this and and trying to help people and um i think it's one of those things where you're never going to please everybody
2: Mm, no yeah it's impossible to please everyone because yeah you there's always going to be people that will fall in between wall and shit
0: Yeah. yeah
2: um what was it like
0: um, having Conrad as a, as a teammate? Because obviously I've, I've got to know Conrad really well over the years. And last year, everybody was kind of getting super frustrated with him because he could go out into the British Championship and um, produce some unbelievable rides. And then within MXGP, we didn't see that same form. Um, and he's such an easygoing guy, hey?
2: Conrad is probably... Basically, definitely. I I tell everyone this. I think he was was the fast, pure raw speed, the fastest to fifth. Well, not ever, but like when I was running MX two, amazing. the The speed he had, I just can't wrap my head around. It. Like I've had, I was like seven eight slower than him and i'll i'll be pushing my hardest going as fast as, and he would be pulling in those laps like 20 20 carries. and then on the weekends like, like then in the week i'll be my confidence will be, be like like <laughs> underneath the ground my confidence and be like riding the same position or i would beat him that was so strange. Like for me, it was amazing because Wednesday, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'd be trying to catch him, try, try to be as close as possible to him. Like then, then I don't need to work because then there's so many other riders, and then level, like he would bring my level up so that yeah, it's I, for raising my speed as well. Well, like we were in Red Sand and racing, practicing, and he'll be... and me and the Husqvarna team, like uh, that beat, and we would be riding around there. I mean, we, we would just be. Saying, How? How was this possible? That's beat coming from? So, so, yeah, I'm. Yeah, uh, Conrad is. And when we were riding M 2 he was the first the first hands down but yeah doesn't into the weekend and which was a bummer like, like i was like hey man you are fast you are good you are in the british we would have, have these amazing races like, like and then on the gps for some reason like wouldn't come out and yeah i i because I saw his potential in the week, how good he was. So yeah, it was, I as well, but yeah, I, I, I was, I at the time when I was training with him, I was just in awe.
0: Yeah, it's weird because, um, I think every, every team manager I've spoken to, um, is just left scratching their heads. They, what they see in, in, in midweek is not replicated mm-hmm. at the weekend in, uh, I don't think anybody's been able to unlock that um, that key so far.
2: Well, it's just, it just—it seems like on, on the 450, he, he's 450. So, so, I hope it will translate like, like his weekday speed towards. I really hope for him because he's a guy, and he's like like we've had some much and we have never had any real issues while we would be practicing in in like in, 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 in Spain or maybe always I don't think once I've had really gone we have always had a good time basically
0: no, that's, yeah that's cool I mean the, like you say that the, the guys so easy going and you know easy to uh, to work with I can't, I can't. It's Just it's good generally good So, um, so what are you working on at the moment, then, uh, Baz? What's keeping you entertained and what's keeping you busy in life?
2: Work, work and therapy. Um, like I'm in the office now, like twenty-five hours and fifteen hours a week. I'm in therapy, so it's full, but yeah, just nah, just I'm just. Trying to be as busy as just working, so that uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm now working in the office. I'm trying to uh, like it's really and I'm like yeah, basically you have to start your way into it. But I'm starting to get more, having more to grip with uh, the wheels It's been really interesting
0: basically Ah, that's good um it's it's obviously a, a huge transition for you from obviously um i know what you want to be doing um but obviously you know you can't do that um but who knows um hopefully uh this next journey in life um maybe media i've been i've dropped it twice now i think i think there's an opportunity here uh (laughs) so um what we'll do is we'll uh we'll work on the uh the wi-fi situation and um and we're going to get you back for more podcasts definitely so um yeah
2: sorry yeah i'd love to yeah if people
0: if people are listening in and there's a a bit of a um Uh, sounds not quite right we do apologize it looks like it's a bit of a wi-fi issue we had it with rubini um last last week so uh calvin was fine rubini wasn't so um we'll iron this little uh this little technicality out and um yeah we'll definitely get you back on and um you know maybe i'll come over to uh to, to the netherlands or something and we'll sit down and do a proper podcast um where we can kind of delve into a little bit deeper but um obviously that's a, one of the uh one of the biggest stories um this week was the Hitachi team and obviously two two riders now looking for uh, uh opportunities um i guess one thing is to go down the privateer route or whether they can sneak into a team um but i guess i think steve turner once told me you ran the uh, the STR KTM team that every time you add another rider it's basically another 50% budget so um mm. It's it's tough, it's, you know, and and money's tight in in, in everything else. So it's uh, you know, hopefully those two riders find find a place. But somebody who uh, is not got any financial problems at the moment is Jeffrey Hurlins, who's just signed a, a contract for twenty four and twenty five with KTM, and I can imagine it's for more than a hundred thousand pounds.
2: He's still really stingy, so...
0: Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I heard that. He's very, very good of his money. Frugal.
2: Oh, yeah. When he was injured, basically, like, like all last year, pretty much, sometimes we would go to the casino. And, we bet, like, we would go into the casino with, like, 50 euros, and we euros, like, not more, or even, like, the small tables and, like just that like one or something and we'd be so, so hyped that we won euros or something and then there would be some guy I'd like throw on like three to five hundred euros on what so it doesn't matter how much money he makes he will still like two euros when he wins it's just about
0: so even, even even in the casino he wins sometimes <laughs>
1: <Yes.
0: Yeah. laughs> um, that that's quite funny i uh, i can i can remember being in a casino uh, i think it was for uh, geneva and supercross and there was quite a few few of us in there and um i think it ended up with me and uh me and Libby uh, from Monster and Guillo, who um, were, were the last ones in the casino, and I think we managed to come away about €600 uh, Euros up, which probably bought us about five Happy Meals in uh, McDonald's, because that's how expensive uh, Geneva is.
2: <laughs> we, we only play with like, like we would just €50, and that's it, if, if it's done too so much basically yeah i
0: i have a i have an agreement with my wife who's probably watching this that um uh my uh when i go to vegas it's 200 dollars a day on on on, mm. on on bets and then once that 200's gone then yeah then then we're back to shopping so um <laughs> oh god i miss vegas um if uh, the last if if the tourism board at Las Vegas uh, would like to sponsor this show, um, we will do it. Where if you just fly me, Baz, and Ed out, it will be great. So, um,
2: yeah, we we'll just go to the Venetian. Oh
0: yeah, Venetian. Oh, I missed a Venetian.
2: Where did I go wow, last?
0: Yeah. Oh. Well. Ed, have you been to Vegas? No, I haven't. Oh, right. we need to get you over we to Vegas Yeah. <laughs> that's it by, yeah. the, by the end of the year on this right hand side as a sponsors fill up that's going to be our Vegas fund so um, yeah. if, any, if any brands out there would like to uh, chip into our um, and, oh, hey we're not going to go business class it'll just be premium economy we're, we're not we're not green <laughs> but, um, but
2: what what actually happened like what happen happened to Monster Energy like is it still
0: no, so the, so the Monster Energy Cup. Um, I believed that they finished that. Um, I think it was a couple of years ago. Uh, but I think Monster are are, are really behind this. Um, basically, the the SMX series. So I think they were quite instrumental in making this happen happen, um, and with the prize money and the bits and pieces.
2: Yeah, and so, why um, isn't why is the last? Show? Is there a reason for it? Do you know it? Oh. What
0: what was that? Baz? say that again.
2: Like the last in Las Vegas anymore? Do you have any
0: No, because they, they they've started with the um they're starting with the the SMX series, which um I think is they've actually just the dates I think has just changed again um, because they were clashing with something over in America, so they've they've brought that back again. So yeah, it's going to be uh I haven't got the uh, the full calendar up in front of me. Have you got it there, Ed?
1: I haven't right now, but I'm pretty sure there might have been some some stadium availability issues in Vegas. Um, obviously, because it's, it's probably not the great greatest thing if you own a venue to get dirt slammed on it, and then the whole process it's pretty um, it's quite a big ordeal if you're not like right into the sport. So um, I think there might have been a few issues with that. But um, yeah, it's either way, it's going to be interesting what they, what happens with the whole SMX thing. It's um, Certainly, more money for riders, which obviously they deserve, especially the sport's so brutal. So um, that that all brings it all together. Which you never know; they they said it wasn't to do with the World Supercross coming in, but um, it's, at least it might have just given them a little bit of a push to do more for the riders. So that's always a positive. And and like Calvin was saying, you know, he wants a few changes like that kind of thing in MXGP. Eventually, just so they have more of a voice the riders and the team so it'll be interesting going forward um, what how how that goes and then watching if any of that, um sort of sips into mxgp and all it'll, it'll be good to get bass's opinion on the the state of mxgp and and what he thinks about it too because you know it's it's a bit of a divisive topic they do a lot of great things but there's obviously um, a few things that obviously the riders and the teams want want amended. So if uh, when Bass gets back online, it'd be good to hear his thoughts on MXGP as a whole.
2: See him again? Yeah, we can hear yeah. you again, buddy. Sorry, Wi-Fi just cut out. That's With okay. The, uh, MXGP, I think basically, I think in the 40, it's amazing what uh, in front is doing uh, with all the stands and making it look all professional I think they've kind of uh, lost the business, basically so I don't know how to say this correctly basically but, but um, um, see with the outdoor space basically the outdoors is like a, a battle in America It's it looks like Less professional, and because you've got more riders, the the riding basically, and the tracks. But I don't know if that has to do with France making it more professional, if or if there's um if it's just harder in Europe, riders together. I think also just the cost overseas like if you go to a nation nationwide okay I know USA is basically but still you don't have to fly you don't uh, out of the nation and and Browns are all amazing I think it's all good like you've got you've got I wouldn't say you've got they don't need to qualify but you've still got plenty of riders. these GPs I think yeah they need to you know what i mean like to get if riders or towards the teams or towards the among the riders Basically, I solution like it's always easy to come up with solutions so yeah that's basically my-
0: yeah i think um you know, I think we said uh, a couple of weeks ago with Calvin is that infront seem to be trying to make some changes. I think they're they're trying to do more in the pits um, for fans this year, which will be really good because that, that, the other thing as well is I don't think as a product you can you can compare. Uh, it's not fair to compare MXGP to Supercross. Supercross was within a stadium, uh, you know, a whole host I of just, benefits and stuff like that. That's why you No, nah, so Baz, you're right. Like you compare Action. it to the outdoors.
2: Races like Aston and Mala. Races like that. Yeah, you can go there. You basically the, the the things is all the big sponsors come in with their really nice car with the wife and asphalt that just, just walk on asphalt and they get like their bottle of champagne, you know, wine. Or <laughs> and if you go to to Met, they are not coming there with a or with a Ferrari or whatever, that's wearing heels. No, they're wearing uh, So I think that's a, um, where it's difficult to make the transition, um, to make the transition. And uh, uh, I think you have to compare MCP more towards the Nationals. America. It's basically it, it is not the Formula One. That's the duty of motocross, but that's also the shame of motocross to that level. Or you have to go and just go to like uh, uh, circuits that already have the infrastructure and all the um, let's say the, the that want to stay clean yeah no charm that we go to the track and we get muddy or whatever a lot of like the more well put together yeah, this- yeah they don't want to get there they want to be on the asphalt and i think that's to either accept it that we are still um, or they have to make a radical change and asphalt basically ways it's not yeah. you can't skip yeah I don't think that's a solution but again I used to be a writer and I don't have the solution as well too much of my critique basically
0: yeah the I, I've got a I've got to say, kind of the closest they got to it was definitely Assen, and I think if they could have um, added sort of two to three rangs like Assen, where it kind of brought in that other type of crowd, where it, or even uh, it tapped into um, a World Superbike crowd. I mean, they, the, the, the crowds at World Superbike and British Superbikes is insane. Um, if they could translate that over into motocross, then it'd be absolutely fantastic. Those having the, that 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 structure and, and those facilities available is obviously light years compared to when we're in places like, um, Latvia where you're 45 minutes from Riga and, uh, you're literally in the middle of nowhere. And, um, and it's 50, 50, wherever you've even got uh, Wi-Fi in the press room, um, let alone asking somebody who like, uh, Baza just said, are going to turn up in a Ferrari when it's pouring down with rain and parking it in a muddy field. So, um, you know, the, th- you know the sport is, is going to need to look at places like Assin and other places like that in the future. Um, in the UK at the moment, I do know that they've managed to find some tracks on military bases with access, and they've got runways there. So basically, all the teams and everything else can park on the runways, and then they've got the tracks um, located on the on. Possibly not to do it in Europe. So we go around and find a of military places to go and, um, you know, a couple of landmines go off and stuff. But, um, you know, it, it's good that people are actually looking for opportunities or, or, or new places out there. It's, I do believe that if MXGP need to continue in this growth spirit that they're on, that they do need to find some, you know, places like us um, where where we can get different type of crowd to come in.
1: <laughs> yeah, and obviously I've heard that you know that you, you saw Luongo did his um, like sort of editorial. So he, he's obviously like at obviously actively seeking to to grow the sport and to give some relief to the private teams with travel, and to make the TV package better and just to grow the audience and make the TV product better for for people around the world to to sort of enjoy and to really have a reason, more of a reason to tune in. So it'll be interesting to see what they do for, for 23 with it all. But at least you know that they're definitely putting their best foot in to, to try and elevate the sport to that next level. And, yeah, maybe going on to some road racing circuits like they did, like you said, because obviously Assen and the, the GP and all that, like they they're just they just love it. so. Bassard know that firsthand so trying to tap into that market's probably a wise option as well the familiarity the film familiarity of the venues is another thing people know their way around whereas it might be daunting for newcomers to the sport to yeah park in the dirt and walk a long way and they don't they don't come prepared and there's facilities like toilets and yeah just parking and beer, rubbish bins and just the comfort levels probably not there compared to you know mainstream sports like football and and rugby so yeah, it's definitely it's a good point you make there, Baz and James about it. So tackling that's probably at the forefront for them. Yeah, I think I've been three times to Essen and, and like,
2: okay. like what just um, James just was saying, like with the airfields, I, I of that thing, but like pretty close. Obviously, I live very close to the German border, so we've got plenty military uh, bases and they're all and concrete and run rate and like run rates and stuff it'd be a very good pretty cheap solution um, you know if you go to Essen and then, and then Imola, you have to bring in all the sand or whatever it's quite expensive but if you go to from my house there used to be a big uh, English fly, like F-16s and whatever you know so basically you've got all this land you know, hire it or rent it or whatever before like we building the track When one week building all the infrastructure pretty good solution actually i'm i'm pretty like pretty good 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 idea
0: actually not just a pretty face buzz uh <laughs> obviously a loss of hair at the moment, but uh yeah. That do you know that's the first kind word someone said to me, Ed, for for a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, no, nah, mate. You do, you're doing a good job. You're uh, you do a lot of great stuff behind the scenes, and I'm sure oh, no, it's,
0: it's all coming People out. People right mate.
1: So, yeah, you, you've uh, you've got your nose to the grindstone. We we know that you're all you're all working hard to create the platform and to to grow it further and carry on the good work. So, mate, maybe you'll take that one to the the bosses.
0: Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Um, so, Ed, uh, Ed, have you got any more questions for Baz before we let him go?
1: Yeah, I'd love I'd love to hear his um, thoughts on on the MXGP and um, and what he thinks about the new season. As he he probably knows a few of the riders, um, how their pre seasons are going. We've spoken to quite quite a few of them on on the on the MX Vice website, and um, I was just wondering who do you th- who do you feel or who have you heard is looking especially good ahead of the new season, and um, any title predictions, mate? Oh, any title prediction that's gonna be really hard Two...
2: I feel like Yago. He's been so fast and so good over the past few years. Just always had like whatever. I, I, if I didn't pick him as my title favorite, I have a lot of surprises that are going to like shoot out every. Especially like with the new rookies coming in, like the the, the, World, the those guys. I think. He, they in in the championship as well. Maybe, maybe not everything. But pretty good hotshots like Kai Wolf, Benny Stunt. I think they are all like good guys. So uh, I give my uh, I my money the most on gears but I I would definitely not count one single one of the all. They're all good, they're all solid, and Hurling, and, and Hurlings is, at the moment, fit. Like, if, if, if he's fit, fit all he's long, I'm going to bet my money on him. If he, he's not, Tim Geyser. In my opinion, he's all so consistent every single year. If Hurlings wasn't fit, or, like, that we beat him, we able to beat him. So, and see, he is always there, always good, always solid. And on the new Yamaha, there are so many good Supercross that they are galing so well with the new bike. I think the well-for-Yama squad of Goldenhoff, I think they, they could do some damage
0: yeah uh, do you know what the more I, th- I think about this season um mX2 is just stacked you've you've obviously got jago who who uh, you know is battling out with Viao. i mean they were like 200 points nearly in front of everybody by the end of the end of the season he has got to be the guy to beat um and it's his last chance um really to get that at that mx2 world championship before he goes up uh obviously the talk was last year uh, at the end, across the across nations was should he take the step up to um, MXGP already when he's riding the 450 the way he was? Um, however, he's got another shot at it, but his teammates, Benistan, uh, you've got Liam Everts and Adamo are now on Red Bull KTMs. I just wonder what sort of difference that's going to make. But Baz, do you see um, Everts in uh, Adamo on a Red Bull KTM? Do you think that's going to give them a little bit extra next year? Oh, sorry, this year?
2: Liam, Liam he's improved last year. Yes, that um, like he was running good basically, like it was good, but nothing special. But then he has improved so, so much that, yeah, well, I don't know if he'll be a consistent podium guy, yeah, give him one or two, one or two, like going for the podium, going for wins. I don't know, I don't really know to on the track obviously but i don't really know he has improved over time so i can't read really about that and yeah i the, the 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 like, like and, um good in the wall and the most like they're solid they're solid uh Putin in KTM, he's flying. So he used to say in America, like the flying on a test track, like, <laughs> that, that kind of talk. Yeah. So, so FNH Kawasaki guys with Hawkmo. No, him, but if you check the results, geez, like last year, he was there every single week. Like, you didn't really see him. And, so he was was always there it's it's hard. It, it's hard
0: it's hard yeah that that mx2 class is just so tough and then like you're quite right you, you look at mxgp and um i i think the yamaha 450 2023 is going to play into into the hands of uh you know the the mxgp monster energy mxgp yamaha team i spoke to coldnov uh, um and uh, Renault, uh, in December. Um, both of them are training really hard under Kenny Vander and they're looking really, really good. Um, one of the, the things which came out um, after speaking to Kenny and a few other people around the team was just Maxine's mindset. Um, just how strong he is in his mind and also in his body. Um, he obviously had the the off last year which kind of, uh, I think on a 450, you kind of get that first off which bites you a little bit. And um, he quickly learned and bounced back from that. Jeremy obviously had the concussion in Argentina, um, which kind of derailed that mid, like the the start to the midpoint of the season. But then eventually come back, uh, and he put three to four really good, um, you know, overalls together to to again sort of you know build up a season again. You can't rule that guy out. So it's I, I you know, not only have you got Hurlins, not only have you got Fevered, not only have you got Geyser, but then you've got these three Yamahas, which are um, yeah. Know each, I, I think, any one Have of you forgetting about Coleman Fever, yeah, Rum, Rum ever, yeah, yeah, you know, he's, you he know, strong. last year, the yeah, last year, obviously, with broken femur from, from Paris, it took him a little while, but he won the last race of, of last year, so you know, he's going to be coming in to want to prove something, um, yeah, and uh, in the second round, obviously, we've got um, Reola, which is uh. Um, is going to be interesting because you know, Argentina, everybody kind of knows that track, but obviously coming back to European soil, it's going to be interesting to see um, who's going to profit from, from, from Riola sort of early on. Interestingly, um, I don't know if you've seen Baz, but so many riders at the moment are out in Sardinia uh, riding. Um, so they're either in Sardinia at the moment or, um, uh, or in uh, Red Sands. It, it sounds like it's a little bit of a, a, a an MXGP race pre-season going on in Sardinia at the moment.
2: Yeah, I've seen some videos. like, like Albert. Oh, it's, it's the thing. Yeah, and in, in the winter, everyone's fast, and then you see like first three will finally see like, okay, who's like who? here? So at this moment, I think it's so hard, like three to four races basically. If if you check if you check Jeremy, he was uh, man. I'll I'll pick him, but.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we well, there were seven seven GP winners last year, obviously, with Geyser, Prado, Volandrin, Renault, Sua, Bogers and Koldenhoff. So, obviously, it's pretty hard to get seven again next year. But um, and, and that's Warned it's just – Yeah, so it's, it's hard because, obviously, Guadagnini's going to be better after that, after transferring over it. Just before, after Majora, before Riola last year, instantly getting in the top ten. Jonas will probably be better on that standing construct Honda, hearing some yeah. good things there. So it's and even Ferrato on the KTM. It, he's obviously on the same team, but on the KTM, I spoke to him last week and he's saying he's loving the new bike, testing lots of new parts and getting a bit of support there too. So and even Brent Van I I think he might. Sort of keep up his pretty good momentum. So, as there's just so many guys, isn't there? Mitch Evans, like at the Kawasaki, Fernandez. It's just yeah. we're like getting a top ten is going to be a challenge.
2: Yeah, Fernandez. Sometimes, where the hell did he come from? I'm sure,
1: <laughs> but he'll be good. Red, but he'll be there. Yeah. yeah, he was quite it's consistent in the first half of last year, and then he had the crash. But for the first half, it was pretty consistent, and then yeah, just sort of fell away a bit. But like, yeah, no, there's no doubting the speed. That's for sure. Mm. No, it's
0: going to be. Um, I can't wait. I mean, obviously the countdowns uh, is 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 going uh, quite fast now. We got obviously Hawkstones preseason, so that's going to be quite good. There's a, a real good lineup there with Colten um, Coldenhoff. Uh, uh, and Hurlins, obviously, are going to go head to head. So that's always a great start to the year to watch those two uh, dice out in the sand at Hawkstone. Um, and then obviously... Happy uh good-
2: wellies we- ready. <laughs> wellies, <laughs> uh, umbrella, coat, I, everything. I, I have done four, five pre-season races in Hawkstone. It's, it's, it's dry. It's has wet every single do you know
0: what? It's crazy because no matter what the weather, 10,000 people still turn up. It's insane.
2: Oh, yeah. Crazy. They'll, they'll be yeah, there. Shorts and wellies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Shorts, wellies and tattoos.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and every, what, what I've like quite a few British races now, also in the British and one, one corner where you'll be stoned out of your mind. <laughs> that's always is that one? Oh, now my. Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> I mean, forget Amsterdam. I mean, there's some there's some paddocks in, in 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 British motocross where you can actually get stoned walking through. So um,
2: <laughs> hey, imagine, imagine us all like one ninety hard right, like, and there's like, alright. I don't know which line I'm going to take next. Next, next. Uh,
0: yeah. So suddenly the hill doesn't look as steep as it was oh no <laughs> i um you're the first person to say first rider to say that but it doesn't surprise me because uh literally <laughs> you can just smell it wherever you go so um yeah oh that did uh, that did make me chuckle thanks baz um no it's baz it's been uh it's been great having you on we're gonna get you back when we got some um when we get the Wi-Fi issue sorted, because uh, I do feel like we've um, we've not seen the best of you on this podcast because of the Wi-Fi. So um, yeah, we definitely need to get you back on, and um, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks. Man. Yeah, no worries, buddy, and um, we'll let you go now, and uh, let's catch up. Um, hopefully, let, let's let's try and get you back on in a month's time.
2: Yeah. Nice. Always. Um, always. Have-
0: Excellent. Thanks, buddy. And we'll take care and we'll see you soon.
1: See you. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.
0: Well, sorry, guys, a little bit about that. Obviously, um, uh, when we're doing this, it's a few technical issues with uh, the Wi-Fi. We're only relying on how good the Wi-Fi is coming in. And obviously, this is our second episode of trying uh, trying this new format with, um, with uh, obviously, Calvin first, Baz, Baz second, so it's been uh, it's been awesome. I can only thank those guys for their time in uh, coming on and uh, talking to us. It, one thing for me, Ed, is um, it's great to see Baz back. You know, like the last time I seen him, it was um, it, 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 he was not in a great place. So um, you know, I it's it's just so good to see him up around. Um, obviously, battling through it. I mean, the mindset of that guy just blows me away
1: yeah he must be so mentally strong to like just go through the battle but also almost like relish the challenge because he's yeah he's just come so far since since those days and he, he had two massive crashes like he got back from that first one in indonesia did all the rehab i remember you know reading about him saying that a lot of people with the nerve pain they get the numbness but he had like the hypersensitivity where like just putting a shirt on or touching his shoulders was you know, like razor blades. So to get through all that and and sort of manage to even come back once, you know, obviously he wanted to come back again, but it's obviously the damage is quite severe, but like just, yeah, massively motivational to just, if you have any problems in life, you know, just sort of put it into perspective, the, the amount of work he's done. And we don't see it firsthand, but the, you know, the rehab must be, quite painstaking for him so to come so far and to do what he does it's just a credit to him and his mental fortitude isn't it mate and you know you think back to Valkensvard you know he was battling with those guys you know those heavy hitters like Vial and keeping up with them and you know he had some bike issues and and all that but you can't take away the speed that the quality and the talent he has on a bike so to to see where he is today mate it's awesome.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely get him back in again, and um, hopefully we'll correct those uh, the Wi-Fi issues. Um, yep. Maybe a little broadband upgrade for for Baz will be, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Now, so I, I think, um, you know, again, he, he's somebody who's been there, seen it, done it. It's got a lot to add, uh, a lot of insights as well. And um, yeah, I think you know we didn't get to chat to him in in the depth like that. I'd like to, but I guess um, when you kind of, I mean, one of the hardest things now has got to be seeing the people that you were kind of eating and, and seeing where they are and you know that must it must eat away at you slightly um but i guess you know that's just me speaking i uh, kind of you know just it, it's frustrating isn't it when you've got that ability and it's taken away from you
1: well yeah it's like if if someone said said to you you know like you're out of mx vice forever mate you know like it <laughs> It's kind of something you probably never get over, you know, because you put so much work into it, and then within a, within an instant, what you love's gone. So, yeah, to to sort of recalibrate your focus and and to get back in the swing of things like he's doing is yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive, mate. It would have, would have been great to get his thoughts on it, like those hurlings of the casino story, like that, <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff. to Sort of delve in deeper yeah. with those kind of. Pieces oh. of information that aren't aren't readily available to to us and and the fans. So, but yeah, even just things like who who he thinks is the next um, guys to head head to Supercross. Obviously, the Conan boys and probably Beniston are probably looking most likely at this point. But yeah, just being a rider, being mates with him, that insight he has is is something that would certainly be good to to get him back on in the future to hear some. Yeah, um, I
0: mean, what was your take? Obviously, this week a, a lot of stuff's happening. You know, we've, we spoke a little bit before about obviously Hitachi, KTM, um, obviously closing down for the, you know, for the time being, um, I reached out to Roger earlier and in are just seeing it as a time to regroup. So they're, they're basically, they're not gone for good. They're, um, they're not in it this year, but what they're going to try and do is, is try and regroup and get some more sponsors on board and, and, and get going again. So I fully expect to see those guys back in the paddock, hopefully soon yeah. as possible. Um and then obviously hurlins, the twenty four twenty-five contract. This is really interesting because one of the biggest things that's which is going to be happening this year is contract talks. Pretty much every rider apart from Fernandez um and geyser are, are up for renewal of contract. Um, obviously we can add Hurlins to that. So that was that was a, a big piece of the puzzle because I'm pretty sure every kind I mean he wins that world championship this year and he hasn't signed that KTM deal. Um, literally he could pick a price, pick a manufacturer and pick a price. So um, that's great business for KTM to get that done um, this early on, knowing that they've got him for another two years. Um, I spoke to Robert Jonas earlier. Um, He's really pleased. Um, Obviously that was a big part of the puzzle for him to, to have uh, Jeffrey signed for 24 and 25 but what it does for us is it kind of a big piece of the puzzle for um, for Silly Season, which is, is going to be a massive Silly Season. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be interesting now to see what riders are going to be left with what rides. Obviously, Honda's mm. taken care of. You've got one of the main seats at KTM taken care of. Um, and then we're going to be having, uh, I think Triumph is 25, I think.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, mate. Because you know, you think you think about. Obviously, you're probably going to want guys like Conrad Muse probably to go full time into MXGP next year if everything goes to plan. If they can sort something out, I know he's got he's got a deal there, but like he's definitely worthy of MXGP full time. And the Aussie boys, you know, Beaton wants to come back. Regan Duffy wants to come to MXGP. Obviously, if things go well, and and even Kyle Webster, like they're some super talented guys that. And you know, with the contracts going up, they have good seasons. There could be some some pretty sweet opportunities. So, yeah, it's pretty cool, mate. Even obviously, I think Ben Watson's going to be right too with with the beta. So, like that's, and we're just seeing how that goes as well. But it's yeah, all the Yamaha seats, Kawasaki seats. Like with, what what's going to happen? It's. um pretty heavily performance based obviously so seeing how they all fare is it's gonna be pretty cool mate. Like it's even like talking to Guadagnini, he was like yeah, he was getting a lot of top fives, got a got a fourth I believe in Turkey. And he's and obviously with, with Febre and Hurling's coming back, like just getting into a top five is gonna be massive. So and and Geiser with his facility, like he's gonna have he's coming in pretty settled and obviously talking to guys like Max Anstey saying having that facility is the way to do it if you can if you have the resources and the scope to do it because you have that settled environment you're at home where he said even when he was living in Europe not the UK like you just lose one or two percent when you don't live at home with that comfort level um of having that sort of stable environment around you so guys is like he won six of the first seven GPs last year so like it's awesome hurlings is going to be raring to go, but it's like guys is going to come in pretty settled and, and you know, pretty healthy and really fit. So expect probably him to come out firing. I would suggest. What are your thought of thoughts on it, mate?
0: Well, I was listening to your point about um being settled at home. And, and interestingly, I spoke to Geordie last year, um, who was the the chief mechanic. At, uh, uh, obviously a big fan world bike at Dixon. And uh, he was saying that that was he thinks that that was the biggest reason or the, the most important reason for uh, Mikhail Harrop's return to form yeah. uh, because he was able to be at home, uh, spend his time with his family, and then go out to sort of races and do his testing in bits and pieces. So um, that's kind of what Geordie thought, um, credited Mikhail to, um, to sort of getting that form back, whereas FNH being based there, he struggled a little bit. I mean at the end of the day all these riders are human beings, eh? they they have to find a way that works works for them.
1: Yeah, it's and like you're saying with with probably just the living environment and the and the program situation with obviously Kenny and the Yamaha boys like ha- having heard when you went out there the insights you you gained from that trip like they sound like they've got a good balance between being teammates and being ultra competitive in training and wanting to beat each other and that's that's probably like a quite a fine balance to to manage for these guys because they're they're like animals and they want to do everything they can to win. So... Yeah, just getting as comfortable as possible in your home life as well as your your, your racing life. It's it's gonna be pretty interesting to see how you how you balance that and I suppose it all comes with the experience, like the younger fellows like even a guy like Camden McClellan who's been in Europe for a few years but he obviously had some visa issues, why he's obviously gonna be on the JM Honda. Like he, he could be pretty do some pretty good things in MX two as well and when, Harrop, Hogmo, there's a lot of guys. Rizzy's even feeling confident ahead of the new season, aiming for top ten. So, yeah, if they can, if they can balance everything and it helps with performance, it's uh, it's just a tough class anyway. But that give you that extra one or two percent to stay settled. It all helps, doesn't it, mate?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know about you, but because obviously you've spent the last kind of month interviewing a lot of these riders. I mean. You know, some, when you you've just mentioned quite a few of them, but like when I was over in um, in the Netherlands, and I spoke to, I managed to speak to obviously Mitch Evans, Calvin blander we had on the show, um, obviously Renault, Coldenhoff, uh, You kind of get like spending some time with them, you get a little bit of insight into into you know how they feel, how they're focused, uh, you know, you know what went wrong last year. Have they managed to find a solution for it, and, and so on. With the interviews that you've conducted um, over the last sort of month of you, is there sort of pe- people that are, are kind of stick out to your mind thinking, I quite fancy that, you know, I think this guy's going to do well this year?
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty cool talking to Ferrata. Obviously he came 11th in the championship last year um, to focus on MXGP, but like he missed a few rounds with that broken leg and to still come 11th, well, you think Mitch Evans was 10th? Like he was beating a lot of factory guys week in, week out when he was fit, getting like many top tens, like around that top five and like feeling good on the bike. And he's pretty focused on just motocross, you know, like he, he was saying his mates with Davizioso, the MotoGP legend, you know, like he's like, and he was saying, you know, give me, give me some MotoGP on the, on the USB or on the video, watch my races. Ferrato, Arto, yeah, you know, Alby watched them, and he, he's like, nah, man, I'm just, I'm, nah, I'll fall asleep. That nah, I haven't watched him yet, kind of thing." So, like, just the focus they have on motocross solely, yeah. like, obviously they love supercross too, but just the focus and the just the energy they put into doing it, and the and the work that goes into it, it's, and it's like probably it's not an easy life, and you know, they're, not, they're not at home that much, so just things like that talking to him was pretty cool like eye opening just how 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 he but he still but they're so like they still stay so positive especially the Italian guys that I've spoken to like Monticelli as well and Guadagnini just the the positivity they have like the some of the other guys are a bit more serious like in take that personality into their life but the Italian fellows just the just the happiness and the way they approach things is like with a smile on their face probably holds them in good stead to deal with challenges maybe a bit better with the outlook. But, yeah, and even um, Joel Rizzi, he obviously sort of – he's a super talented kid, but it just hasn't quite fallen into plan for him yet with with some injuries. And um, he he said the biggest thing is fitness. Like I could – he's like, you know, at a place like Lommel, I can hang in there for a moto or 15, 20 minutes. But if you don't have the fitness, you're not going to get the results. So. If he can get his fitness right, he was saying, which he's working really hard with the team, and he's happy. He's got super good support with the team, feeling feeling pretty like rejuvenated for the new season to get those top tens that he that his potential uh, warrants him getting. So, yeah, just it's pretty. It's it's not a, it's not an easy life they they lead, mate. Which which a lot of you know might be seem glamorous from the outside, but yeah, those boys are they're putting in the work every day, and you got to respect, appreciate respect that and sort of have a have an insight into that before you maybe people criticize these guys probably you know there's a lot on the line for them it's not just um it's not just a hobby it's it's everything you know they put their whole life's work into it and it's it's so dangerous every day you're hitting that track and you never know what could happen like Baz was saying so yeah get gaining those insights like you've you would have got mate it's um to deal with the pressure and the expectations it's it's pretty admirable what they're doing
0: yeah. Um, one of the things which I've noticed since um, obviously bringing riders into the podcast is uh, trying to get hold of them. So um, it's like, oh, James, uh, I'll get back to you. I'm just at the gym. Oh, James, I'll get back to you. I'm just at, like I'm, I'm, we're just at training. So I'm free at two o'clock. Da, 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 da. So they they have such a regimented. Um, structure now to their, to their days where basically they get up really early in the morning and then it's like hitting the gym, then they have like a cool down before they then go out to the practice track <laughs> then they go out for a cool down on the bike again, it's just like crazy the amount of work they're putting in but I guess this is what happens when you're you're riding the world championship with the best riders in the world. Everybody's looking for that edge. But the fact that trying to just get them to pin them down to say, Hey, are you going to be free at like seven o'clock? And then the question is, what time does it finished? Cause I've got to go to bed.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 So nah, they, it's the crazy. Have been like the time for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy level. Um, so if you're interested in, uh, obviously, um, We had Baz on tonight. We're definitely going to get Baz back again because uh, uh, we'd love to sort of uh, spend a bit more time with him, you know, ask him lots more questions, find out way more about his journey and um obviously we get the wi-fi sorted and we get back we get baz back in um we've got some absolute cracking guests coming up um over the next uh three to four weeks there's going to be some american riders former american like uh, uh american riders we've got current gp riders mx2 riders so um we're going to keep we're going to keep persevering um even with technical issues like wi-fi we're not gonna let that get in our way um yep and uh we'll have a plan b for when for when uh, these little issues uh do happen but um massive thanks to parts europe uh, as3 performance and even strikes for sponsoring um the show if you do get a chance check out parts europe um pretty much service thousands of dealers throughout europe thousands and thousands amazing brands um obviously uh house brands thor moose racing uh I don't know if you've seen uh, the latest 4 kit at the moment, um, Ed, but uh, they've got the Prime Racewear, Pulse Racewear, Pulse Air Racewear, and my favorite, which is the Horman Racewear, which is the the old-style kit, which is uh, I'm all about retro. So um, as much as these young kids are loving their flow, I'm all about the retro look. So, um, yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of testing on MX Vice in a moment. We've literally just got the new uh, Scott um, body armor, which is going to be onto the site. I think you've published that earlier, haven't you?
1: Yeah, no, it's just it's just about to, to go live. We're just gonna I was chat with our uh, Brad Brad Wheelers do, done a great job with that, and um, yeah, I'll just have just confer a few things with him. But um, yeah, no, that's probably gonna go live in the next day, mate. So yeah, he's done a good job with that, and he's doing a him and Ben are doing a doing a bloody good job on the on the podcast. They're doing getting some great guests, providing really good insight into the sport. Just, um, just to have all bases covered, kind of because like what you were saying mate it's not just the mxgp and the american scene where it's where it's going off like the british is just going to be super good this year and then obviously championships like the dutch italian french and even the australian with with a lot of the guys down there saying it's probably the most competitive in in 10 years so yeah just the whole just the whole sport in general around the world indoors and outdoors is um it's looking good for 23 mate so Great. We really uh, appreciate you having the team on board and all the sponsors too.
0: Yeah, it's looking really good. I mean, one of the people, one of the um, key people I'd like to bring into to the show this year is Mick McEwan from uh, WSX. Um, obviously, going to Villa Park. Um, we mentioned it before, that's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, to see well supercross in a in, in a in a football stadium is uh, is just going to be so so cool. So um, I'm going to try and get Mick on the show to talk all things WSX. I mean, um, he's the the commercial uh, director there. He kind of runs runs the commercial aspect of the show. Used to work for uh, oh crikey, um, what's the uh, oh you're Australian? You're going to know this one.
1: Was it the V8 V8 no, no,
0: it was a beer company. Uh, begins with C. Carlton Draft. Carlton Draft. That's where he, that's so that he worked for Carlton Draft before, so um, so he was quite uh, he was the guy who brought them into uh, into Supercross, so yeah. um, and Motocross. So that's pretty cool. So we'll bring him onto the show, and uh, I really want to d- have a deep dive into um, in all things WSX as well in the next sort yeah. of few weeks. Uh, obviously, uh, I was, they're doing I was a to great-
1: quickly say on the W X topic, I was I had a chat with Enzo Lopes. Who's obviously doing great things in America, and he was saying he's pretty keen to maybe do the World Supercross next year. So you have like him and Anstey, uh battling for an SX2 title on the 250 it would be pretty, pretty amazing. So hopefully they can get that sorted come come the time. But because I think he's mainly going to focus on Supercross only, kind of like Max was saying, he wants to sort of he's done with the motocross now so he's australian series american series and world supercross for max so yeah that's going to be pretty cool for the for the british fans and all the fans and it's just there's some good guys to have in that championship already which will just raise the profile so when we when we get him on to chat it'll be awesome so uh,
0: if, you, if you're if you tuning in for the first time or listening to this uh, for the first time, MX Vice has changed uh, considerably over the past um, few months. So we have on a Monday night, we have the SMX uh, Review Show, which uh, is with Ben R- Rembold and Brad Wheeler, uh, along with a Supercross guest. Um, I believe um, we've got uh, Dean Wilson next week uh, and possibly Denny Stevenson the week after, uh, who are going to be joining Brad and Ben. And then on Tuesday nights, you've got the MX Vice show, which is uh, this with, with Ed and myself. And uh, we will always bring in uh, a third uh, guest who's going to co-host with it. So we have uh, quite a few people uh, lined up over the next uh, two months. On a Wednesday night, we have the Great British Motocross show, which is Ben and Brad once again. And again, they have a, another guest, which is a, a British championship bride or, or, or somebody within the industry. And then... Uh, I'll be back to host a, a, a show with, um, called Mo, uh, Inside Motor Show, and that's going to be with somebody from the industry. So, um, again, I'm trying to bring in, uh, some, the main guy from Michelin and all different sort of brands, um, you know, kind of people who can give a little bit of a different insight into, rather than the rider. So the business side of, uh, of it as well. So, um, doc Wob was uh, obviously the first uh, guest on the inside motor show and it's one of the most popular shows. I think it's had over 35,000 or something crazy now plays, um, in the past sort a of few weeks. And, uh, you know, across those shows that we're trying to do, and we're also trying to bring in the motor hour, but like, um, this month uh, our, the stats have gone crazy so we've added like over 113,000 people like listens to the podcast shows. so um, incredible the growth in the last month so I just want to thank everybody for for your support it's been tough times at MX Vice if you didn't know we kind of had Lewis and Sean who left to go to America and we were kind of left to pick up the pieces a little bit and um, yeah we've managed to obviously Ed joining in December Ben joining in uh, January new people coming on board like up, say AS3 uh obviously ever-present even strokes, which are um we've got two little things going on at the moment which uh, you might not be aware of, but uh we have something called Kofi or Coffee. Uh and basically you can just um uh, pound a month you can um uh you can give to MX Vice and that will help us create the content, create these shows and and everything. And then also we've got our own little, uh, shop on there where you can actually, if you feel like it and you need a new helmet, you can purchase a MIPS, just one J18 helmet for a hundred pounds. And that hundred pounds goes straight towards, um, MX vice. So little things, what we're doing to try and raise a little bit of, um, uh, money this year to, yeah. to help us with, um, our very expensive MXGP, uh, travel costs. <laughs> so, yeah. um. Yeah. So at the moment, any, anything that you can do is, is absolutely fantastic. So if you check out our website, there's a link over there to, to coffee. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if you appreciate what we do, if you like what we do, then, uh, yeah, if you can donate a pound a month, absolutely fantastic. And, uh, we'll have hoodies, t-shirts, even, uh, an MX Vice mug is available for the MX Vice show on uh, Patreon. So, um, lots of different ways that you can, uh, you can, uh, help MX Vice, um,
1: yeah, we we appreciate it. That's for sure, James. Because um, we're certainly putting in a putting in a lot of work to make the content as good as possible and carry on the good work from the um, from Lewis and the boys. So um, I think we've had well over a hundred articles in January, and we're not even finished. Well, it's just starting, you know. So and you know about fifty of them over fifty to sixty of features, interviews, um, you know, stuff from press conferences, stuff you've done, been with the features on the old school riders and interviews with guys like Todd Kellett, the Sandmaster and um just analysis pieces from the races that we've been doing, you know, featuring some few little bits of different things with like the the rocks and one last week. But um yeah, it's coming together really nicely and um, yeah, Ben's been a great addition so far, so he's been a great pickup. And, and Andrew Conway in the background's doing some awesome work too, mate, help, helping us all out. So the team's certainly striving to make it as good as possible, aren't we, mate?
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's, – it's, 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 it's obviously going to be different for me because uh, obviously um – you know, Lewis in and, and Sean, seventeen years between them uh, with an MX Vice. But you know, as they say, all things move on. And um, yeah, I got to say, uh, you guys are motivating me to uh, to be better and um, and do more. So um, I do appreciate that. And um, I want to say a big thank you to Baz Vasson. Um, you know, it's gr- absolutely amazing to see him uh, where he is now compared to to, to the last time I, I seen him which was a couple of years ago which was not in in such a good good place so i um, fantastic to see where he is now and um, we are going to get him back we're going to sort out the uh, the internet issues for him obviously i'm not a, a wi-fi um broadband expert um but yeah maybe we'll move the satellite or something um in the Netherlands, a little bit to the left or something. So uh, we'll get to We'll get Baz back on, um, yeah. and then uh, we will. Uh, we've got some fantastic guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. We just gotta like check with them with their schedules because obviously pre seasons are uh, kicking in and um, yeah. their hours are valuable. So um, we'll we'll hopefully this week we'll release who's going to be coming on Tuesday. But, um, Yeah, get excited. yeah should,
1: and also like you were saying with the Wi-Fi with the, in, in Riola and and Spain and stuff, they they're not the best. Haven't been to the GPS, you'd know, mate. That they're not the best. At the best of times, in places like that, especially Riola, Sardinia. And but also with the with the preseason races coming up, we'll have heaps of racing to talk about. Chat to some riders about their weekends because um, not all of them are readily readily available on on streaming and stuff. But I know that there's one in Spain this weekend that that uh, Lucas Kernan and Kyla Wolf, I believe, are doing. And then the following week, the Italian Championship. There's a cut. There's two rounds of that. And I believe Paul the obviously the MXGP commentator, is going to be doing them in English. So um, we can put some news up on the site put a link up um, on how people can sign up. And I think it's a pay-per-view thing. So that's pretty cool. Like to just elevate the coverage and obviously give us more things to talk about and just gain an insight and to see who's translating their test track form into these preseason races, just getting those gate drops, getting those starts, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't with the bike. So we'll we'll be bringing that to you too. So won't we, mate?
0: Yeah. I love that because you only got to look at Maxine Renault last year. Um, <laughs> it is quite funny because we talked a little bit about it. Uh, where you know it would have been quite nice to have had that sort of he, coming in as a best kept secret, but unfortunately he went out in uh, obviously one lack of and, um and everybody yeah. was like, "Okay, he's going to be good." So um, it's going to be interesting to see who is on form coming in. Um, but obviously, it doesn't mean everything, but it does give you a little bit of insight. Mm. But, uh, huge thanks to Parts Europe, AS3, Even Strokes. Um, thank you for everyone for joining the Vice show is available on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Um, it'll be download. You'll be able to download it tomorrow on, um, Spotify and iTunes in the usual places. Uh, just want to say a huge thank you. It's been our most successful month uh, in terms of, of traffic and social. And I can't thank you guys enough. You know, we, we put our heart and soul in everything, we, what we've got into this. And uh, I can only thank you for, um, you know, all the support, the messages that you guys have, have given us. So um, we're loving this. We're going to be back, um, you know, with three podcast shows at the moment every week. Soon it will be five. Um, and we'll, yeah, it's going to be a great year. So um, yeah, Ed. Same time next week. We'll uh, we'll be back with another guest.
1: Yeah, mate. That's it. And yeah, we just yeah thank everyone. And if, if they have any feedback, let us know, mate. Yeah, just be honest with us. What sort of content you're liking? What you're not liking? Just tell us, and we'll we'll try and do our best to keep keep the fans happy and read what they want to read.
0: Yeah, and uh, there's your outro. <laughs> And that's never going yeah, to grow right. old. It's never going to grow old. I'm going to bring, my, maybe I'll bring a fluted recorder. Um, right, brilliant. Again, thanks to Parts of Europe, AS3, Even Strokes. Thanks to everybody who's joining us, and um, same time next week. Thank Cheers. you.